0: John. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again on Grace Unfolding. I'm Jonathan Buckley, and I'm here with Pastor Troy Albee. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good whatever. Whenever you're listening to this.
1: Whatever time of day you're listening to this, thank you very much uh, for joining in. Uh, John, we're talking today, just to remind people about, as the title of the episode says, is sharing and defending our faith. And this is part four. Uh, Maybe it'd be helpful if you were to go back, John, just maybe some bullet points to uh, encourage people to maybe want to go back and and listen. What are some of the things that we've already covered um, in the dialogue thus far?
0: Yeah, so if you go back over the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about evangelism and sharing our faith um, with unbelievers. And so we talked a little bit about some of the motivations for why we should be sharing our faith. Um, we talked about you know obviously compassion for people who are lost and with, and are without Christ. We talked about obedience to God and His call in the Great Commission. Um, as a motivator right. for sharing Matthew, our faith. 20,
1: Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, 18, make yep. disciples.
0: And just um, enhancing our own joy is something we also talked about. Um, as we share our faith and, and we talk with unbelievers about Jesus, there is a joy, and especially if that person... Comes to a living faith in Christ, there is yeah. extreme joy in that. So there's many reasons and motivations to share our faith. We talked about um, uh, some of the practical things, like what uh, to do and what to not do in in the process of sharing our faith. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, interesting and I things. think that the whole
1: aspect of joy is if we enjoy Christ and we know Him as Lord of our life and our uh, the Savior of our of our of our life and our sin, then we naturally would like to, you know, share that because we're trying to gather more worshipers for that which we believe is is the great hope, the great the great message of love, which is Christ, you know, dying for sinners. We want more people to come and worship him. We're trying to gather more worshipers. Um, you know, obviously for the king. And so if you didn't, you know, maybe pause here, go back and listen, or, you know, at some point uh, it'd probably be good to, to, uh, to review those as, uh, as a way to, to understand a, a bit more in preparation. But this week we're talking about a little more about the defending of the faith um, and, and engaging uh, some with
0: unbelief part of sharing our faith would also include defending our faith. So, yeah, it yeah. inevitably does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we, before, why don't we review and take a look, uh, do we have a good definition of evangelism? Yeah, I would say um,
1: successful evangelism um, is one that well, I talked about it, I think, in previous episodes where we are sharing the good news of God's word, the gospel, in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results uh, to God. And um, it's that that's that's important. Planting um, seeds. Planting seeds. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a robust, full explanation of everything. But, you know, there's layers to it. Like there's our presence in their life, showing people love, you know, living a salt in life, hopefully with integrity and humility and civility and, and those types of things that people do, you know, ask questions. And we, we are able to understand and listen well um, to people in the context of relationship. And do we have a verse? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, there, There's a verse that we've come back to again and again, and that is First Peter chapter 3, Um where he writes, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So that that's kind of that's where we're going today is talking about giving the reasons for uh, the hope, and those could be multied and varied, and and we'll we'll hopefully get into a little bit of that this week, and if we have to have another episode, hey, that's fine.
0: All right. So last we we mentioned some do's and don'ts of evangelism. We oh the past uh, last episode you talked about some of the um, practical practical ways that we should and should not engage in evangelism. I have a, a brief thing to ask you here because when I remember I was a new believer at um, when I was down at school at FAU. Um, which some of you may may recognize the name Florida Atlantic University. We may just happen to be in the Final Four, uh, but Cinderella team, Cinderella Gotta team, yes, correct. And so, um, when I was at FAU, I was a, kind of a new believer. I had started a an apologetics chapter of um, a larger group called Ratio Christi. Anyways, the um, I remember we had a lot of um, interaction with uh, um, unbelievers on campus, and we had. Uh, a lot of Christians that would come join our our club and and talk about ways to defend our faith. And I remember somebody pointed out to me; uh, it was actually a, a parent of one of the students pointed out to me that we're using a lot of science and philosophy and um, and uh, extra biblical sources like archaeology, yeah. and we were making the case um, using explicitly um, uh, naturalistic and 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 non christian-based arguments and so i remember feeling a little bit convicted at that point that i wasn't using god's word uh as a defense um what are your thoughts on on that that yeah way of looking at it yeah
1: i mean some some people would press back and say why would you use the bible because um, people don't believe the bible they don't they don't they don't view it as true as God's word, so why would you use it? Um, no, nothing wrong with using archaeology, nothing nothing wrong with making observations from science, um, but the the efficacy, the sufficiency, the authority of Scripture is so important, and and I think that what we're trying to do is draw people um, to the source, who is God, the source of all beauty, truth, goodness in the world, is very much. Um, it's important because we also believe that is, it's powerful, regardless of whether someone believes it. The analogy that I use from time to time is a person gets on an elevator and you're with one other and that person looks at you and says, listen, I, you know, it's, give me your money. I'm going to take your life. Look, I got a knife and I'm going to stab you. And then, the, and then, the, and then the, you laugh and say, well, I don't believe that knives can hurt me. Well, it doesn't matter whether you believe a knife can hurt you. you like, right. that, that's a that's a threat. That's a dangerous thing. That's a powerful thing that you would, you know, find uh, persuasive probably. But the reason I use the, the analogy of a knife is because we know in Scripture it's 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 clearly. Um, placed in Hebrews 4, verse 12, the Word of God, the writer there says, is the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So the the Word of God is living. It has power. It has efficacy. So whether we are highlighting verses that talk about the resurrection or um, why it is that we can have hope in the midst of grief and sorrow— Using God's word and and drawing that into the conversation is important because we know that you're using the very seeds of the living Word of God that He can water to bring it about. And even if they don't believe it, say that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, but but in, engage it as such. That you know, the Scriptures say in Romans one that there's both you know we know there's both general revelation about who God is. How do I know who God is? Well, He's revealed Himself in creation, in part. That's general revelation. Special revelation is his, his word and the word made flesh, Jesus. So we're highlighting God's word um, as a means uh, for people to grow in faith because we're trying to address their unbelief. And faith, Romans 10 tells us, comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. So if I want to see it grow faith and I want to use something that's powerful that points to the source um which which is you know which is God's self revelation in his word. Um but John why why do people not believe even with even with the with creation? What how do you understand Romans one and general revelation?
0: Yeah, I mean I think because we actively are suppressing the truth in our pursuit of unrighteousness is what Romans yeah. says, right? Yeah Romans one, yeah, it says his invisible qualities is
1: attributes. Like when you look at creation, you go, this is profound. Um, where does it, you know, where does it begin? Questions of origin, questions of purpose, questions that naturally come about. Um, but why is it that we don't want to believe that there is a, a creator? We you look at the world, you say this has order, this has complexity, it has creativity." I mean, even at the most macro, microscopic level, I mean, a a biologist who's looking under a microscope at a human red blood cell and what that can accomplish, it screams something. It screams. There must be this magnificent, creative, powerful designer because time and chance and randomness doesn't order this into existence. That that's that that's that's a, I, I mean to me that's how I'm, you know I'm, I'm kind of engaging it in my own in my own mind at least, and pressing that to them and asking some of those
0: questions. Yeah, those are good questions. I think I think we speaking of questions. I think we didn't we have a question uh, come in um, from. We always ask you guys to write in questions, and I would urge you to do that. But I think there's one that we have here ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That the good reminder. Peter did write in, um, and this
1: was, you know, in the course of of one of our episodes on sharing the faith. He says, "What are some important considerations when sharing the faith with those who perceive the church as threatening and bigoted?" I'm, I'm glad to take a, a first uh, dive into that one, John. Maybe Please you do. have some thoughts. No one one of the things I would say is it's important to ask questions always. It's like, why do you have some of your experiences with Christianity? Like, have you met followers of Christ um, who are off-putting, who are mean, who are hypocritical? And not not shy away from that. Like, ask questions. Like, tell me some more of where that originates and and listen listen intently and then somewhere along the way say well um you know try to try to you know I'll offer but the person of jesus is distinct and inevitably his his followers are flawed that's why he died on a cross to cover our sins and 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 to say i I'm sorry. You know, I'm I'm sad about that. I know what Jesus has told me to do and told us as his followers to do, which is love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, to to demonstrate long suffering with people who have differences with us. But at the end of the day, you know, it is true. Like there are there are things called ethics and there are things that are right and wrong. And, you know, people make a value judgment. And, you know, we, we, we assess things. We say that, I mean, even, even people who don't believe the Bible constantly walk around saying, that's good, that's bad, that's evil, that's, that's beautiful. You're making value judgments all the time. Where, does that, where is that based? For me, it's based off of what God has revealed in his word. God points to all kinds of things and says, that's good, that's good. And he says other things are not good. He says that companionship and, and relationship and sex are beautiful things. He also points to other things that says that's not good. It's when we're selfish, when we're unforgiving, when we're bitter, when we're prejudiced. You know, those are the things. So I think that, you know, we can't apologize for everybody's behavior. And that's not even what apologetics is. Apologetics is not... We're, and apology, we're not yeah. apologizing um we we're, we're we're grappling with you know we're giving reasons um for hope i think another thing i would maybe push back on is uh, is is to plant seeds like have you have you seen uh obviously we've all seen religion do sad and tragic things in the name of religion or god or or whatever in the world we've seen that from a lot of religions christianity included Um, Now, I would push back a little bit and say, hey, listen, if you really take an honest look at at history, you could also see that there are many instances where there are Christians who are doing some of the greatest good to care for widows and orphans, to start schools and to start hospitals, and to spread the good news in word and in deed in profound ways. Um, So I, I think that Christianity has done good and evil in the world but to the extent that we've done good things, we don't even get the credit. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. Our Savior does. Jesus gets the credit because he put love in our hearts. I think an honest conversation with someone is like, listen, it's not hard for me to believe that you met a Christian who was bigoted because I know myself and I have been prejudiced and I've been, I've been, yeah. I've been mean. And, and, and maybe I've been that to you, to the person you're talking to at some point. And can I, could you give me an opportunity to apologize and to make it right? It exists. You know, it does.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've been talking about um, apologetics. And um, what, Troy, would you say is the purpose of apologetics? Well, we already talked about a definition of successful
1: evangelism. Apologetics gets into the realm of trying to engage with Scripture in our hands, right, In, in view, the Word of God. You're engaging... Uh, unbelief. Apologetics is a discipline. John Frame, who is one of my favorite authors in professor this professor too, right? Was he? Yeah. He was one of my professors. Um, wonderful, uh, humble but brilliant man who teaches philosophy um, and. Uh, in theology. He has a definition in his in his book, uh, Apologetics to the Glory of God. I think it's under a new title now, but if you look it up, there's tons of resources from John Frame. And he has a definition of apologetics, which he defines as the discipline that teaches Christians how to give a reason for their hope. Uh, or sometimes he'll say it's the application of God's word to unbelief. Apologetics, I just mentioned uh, just now, that it's not a apology. Uh, I'm saying I'm sorry because <laughs> we're not apologizing. But apologetics is—it's really threefold. It's proof, it's defense, and then it's offense. So you you can provide proof. Um, you can you can extrapolate and highlight the fact that archaeologically, every time they come up upon new fragments of scriptures, whether it's the Dead Sea Scrolls and Qumran. Um, that it supports that we have this reliable text that 's been handed down. You could say that you could say there were hundreds of witnesses uh to the resurrection <laughs> that i mean it's it 's either happened or it didn 't happen right that 's kind of an exercise of philosophy but you're you 're saying there are there are proofs there are there are things that highlight that Christianity has legitimacy there are you know, there are eyewitnesses to supernatural things, miracles and um, and things God's done. Then there is apologetics as defense, which is when we're answering some of those um, objections. You know, the defeater believes, I can't believe in a God who's like this, or why is there evil in the world, or... You know, where did the world come from? Topics of science uh and and evangelism. And so we we can answer some of the objections. Um, admittedly, you know, that kinda gets overemphasized, I think, um, because we're trying to sometimes just to win arguments, not people. What gets overemphasized? <laughs> um, you know, just the, the use of those those uh evidence not evidences but arguments uh against their defeater beliefs. Um, Then the the third would be uh, that apologetics is also offensive because you're trying to ask people, non-Christians, to say, hey, you tell me. (laughs) Why do you believe this? Like, where do you think things like guilt and shame come from? Why do you think people in virtually every culture throughout the history of human civilization has desired and wanted a thing, an institution like marriage, an exclusive relationship between a man and a woman? Why? What is that? Right. Why Why do we define marital fidelity like we do? What's your answer to that? Yeah, just, we don't have to be snarky. We don't have to be uh, rude. I mean, you can ask questions on the offense in the context of conversations of apologetics.
0: Yeah, I think that would be, in, in theory, getting them to hopefully think about some of the reasons that they believe what they believe or don't believe what they believe. Yeah. The, so when we're talking about, um, offering reasons, articulating why it is that we believe it, what,
1: what we believe, and then going on the offense saying, well, why do you believe what you believe? You're really kind of pressing into the question of what of the burden, who the burden of proof lies, right? Lies meaning like, where does it reside? Not lie, deceit. Where does the burden of proof lie? If I'm a person who's walking around saying, I believe that the world was created by God out of nothing in the power of his word people are like well that's just that's just crazy you know I'm like well you think it's crazy I, I understand that but where does the burden of if I'm going to articulate that I believe that Christianity is true there is a God is the burden of proof on me to demonstrate that or on you to demonstrate otherwise because I look at the world and I say hey listen <laughs> I how do we have this much order and beauty and symmetry and creativity? Why do humans have these capacities? Did that just originate out of time and chance and, and, and random order? I, I, that 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 leads me to believe that the burden of proof is not on me, but on the other person who would say that it's not true. I'll give you an example. I had I had a uh, this is not really in the context of of a debate, but one of the ways that we can talk about God is just in that observation of creation. Uh, he, I met a guy the other day, um, and he needed a ride. He had his bike, and I uh, offered him a ride. And so we had about twenty thirty minutes together in the car, and uh, and we started up a conversation. We were talking about uh, creation. He says, oh, "I love camping. I love the outdoors." I said, "Oh, I, I do too." And I said, yeah, "I was actually hiking back where you were." Um, With my boys, and I made the observation that isn't you know he talked about all the creatures that he's witnessed in the context of hiking and camping. I said, Yeah, me too. And I said, One day it occurred to me that I was I was watching a bird, and you look at a bird and you think, Look at that! It's a profound design that a bird has wings that functionally, practically, you know, enable it to fly. It's, it's The the symmetry and the balance and the design of the contour of those wings is perfect. So you could say that's, okay, well, that's a practical outworking, right? No, no doubt about it. There's, there, there, there's the perfect amount of weight and displacement and all that. But here's the real kicker for me. Why is that bird so beautiful? What purpose is it that God made that bird with such impeccable symmetry and, and complexity of color and beauty. And you think, where does that come from? And this guy that I was, I was riding with, his name's Jacob. He was just uh, like, I just wanted a ride, man. <laughs> well, he says, you know, you raise a good question. Um, he did. I said, well, you know, think about that. Like, why does God make the way it is? Isn't God amazing? I don't talk to people as if they don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I talk to people like they do believe in God. Always. I talk to people like they believe that there's a designer, a creator, and that they believe that there's actually a judge that is governing the world and desires things from us. Unfortunately, some people believe that he's just some, maybe they just imagine him to be a tyrant or, you know, or just some kind of cruel judge that just can't wait to find out what's wrong with them right. and smite them. I asked him, I said, Hey, Jacob, that's a biblical name. I said, Have you ever read the Bible? And he said, ah, Yeah, actually, I've read, I've read Genesis. And we continued on talking a little bit more about, you know, the fact that I was a follower of Christ. Um, it didn't go much beyond that. He's got my phone number, and, you know, maybe if he needs a ride somewhere else, then I can help him out. Yeah. And, and I won't make it awkward. I'll say, hey, I remember last time we, we disagreed on this subject, or last time. i just, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm your friend. I'm I'm your friend. I'm glad to, you know, to be a, a, an encouragement, a resource.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know the... Um so we're kind of talking you were saying, of proof. You, well, yeah, you're kind of saying how you address, um, you address, yeah.
1: Pressing back on that, if you're talking about burden of proof, you say, why do you think the world is the way it is? Both the beauty and the tragedy. Press people on that. Like, ask them the question, do you have an answer for why there is so much beauty and tragedy in the world? And I don't think people have leaned too much on that. There's a lot of sentimentality. I really like, John, by the way, the um, the time that we, we discussed this last when you said we live in a world where everyone's an expert. Everyone's got an opinion. It's a refreshing, humble thing for someone to say, I don't know the answer to that. But there is a good answer, and I want to go research it. And we can come back and dialogue about that. But I think that some people just haven't really... They've taken kind of the answers that they get in a very shallow, sentimental way. And they're just kind of content to just parroting those again and again and again. But if people really press in on it, there's something profound there. G.K. Chesterton once said, the, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. <laughs> Ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah. So, Troy, you said that apologetics is the application of Scripture to unbelief. Um, what do you mean by unbelief?
1: Um, yeah, unbelief is something that it, it characterizes all of humanity, us included. Um, but it's not to be confused with just an absence of belief because everyone's walking around with a set of assumptions and beliefs in something. Right. And so you're pressing the question, why do you believe what you believe? Um why how why do you have the convictions that you do? Why do you even positive things like why are you kind to people? Why why are you what what like pressing in the question to people why? Why? What makes you tick, and why do you believe what you believe? You're pressing in on that. You're going to find that there are beliefs that they hold, but unbelief is the denial of the supremacy and the relevancy and the and the beauty of God as He's revealed in Scripture, right? But it's interesting because going back to Romans one, it's not like they haven't been given reasons in the observation of creation for it. But I, I just. I'm stunned when I think about the person of Jesus. We're, you know, we're studying through the gospel of Luke. And some of Jesus' encounter with his own people who know God's word, who who have who have witnessed all kinds of, of, of things. But consider Jesus, right? Colossians 1 says, in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Christ, 1 Corinthians 8, through whom all things came in and through whom we live. Um, This is the one who God said in Colossians 1, all the fullness of the divinity dwells, Colossians 1, and yet Jesus marveled, it says, at something. Jesus marveled. And what was he amazed at? What was he marveling at? The amount of unbelief. He walked the earth. He encountered people who had seen demons cast out, people fed with... Thousands and thousands of people fed with just a fraction of, of of a meal wouldn't even suit a whole family. He has healed diseases. He's given sight to the blind, and people and they've they've seen the manifestation of the Son of Man in front of them, and they and yet don't believe. He he, he marvels uh, at that. That's pretty humbling. So to consider even the fact that you have faith in God, for those of you who are listening and do, that that's a tremendous gift that God has given you eyes to see. So have compassion for people who are asking tough questions. You know, right. like they're gra- Maybe they are grappling. I think the ones who are grappling the loudest and the hardest, uh, and they're not, they're not apathetic, they may be altogether antagonistic, are sometimes the people who are frankly closest to the kingdom. Now, that's speculation on my part. That's anecdotal. That's, right. you know, I, I I don't know people's heart. Uh, I hardly understand my own. <laughs> but God knows their heart, and God knows what he wants to use to draw people. I'd love to be a part of that. Like, I would love to be just an an observer, an instrument to see people come um, to encounter the person and work of Jesus and, and the love of God uh, in, in the
0: gospel. Um, so those are, yeah, those are a few thoughts. All right, cool. Well, I think we're kind of gearing up towards the end here. Um, I know that this conversation isn't quite finished yet. We're gonna probably add um, add another episode or two. Yeah, Hopefully and maybe maybe,
1: maybe talk maybe talk about some of those specific ways that we would specifically address those defeater questions. Like, what are the what are the what are the objections to Christianity that are are common and try to touch upon a, uh, a, a few of those, uh, but I want to just, if I could, John, just rewind and uh, and recap uh, again as a reminder. First Peter three, sure, the elements of our apologetic. So in First Peter three, remember it says that we are to set apart Christ as Lord, right? That's the posture, the mentality is to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, and then the manner in which we do that. Well, it's with gentleness and respect, First Peter 3.15 says. So the, the posture is, I'm going to set apart Christ as Lord, even the way that I go about defending the faith involves Christ's lordship and the word of God. I'm going to have a mentality that I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to understand the world. I'm going to make observations. I'm going to listen. I'm going to understand things that are going on in culture and arguments, you know, in, in, at times with maybe science or um, or ethics. And then the manner. We live in such a hostile, polarized I mean, people are villainizing people left and right who disagree with them. We've lost civility. And so as Christians, when we engage in evangelism and apologetics, we should do it with gentleness and respect, just like we're told. That, mm-hmm. That's that's not profound, but it's not easy. <laughs> and that's why we need God's help. I've said it many times. You can't do what Jesus has called you to do without Jesus. And that's that, that would be foolishness. So we need to pray for God's help. So we need to pray for opportunities. To put this into practice. And if we fail, if we mess up, it's, and it's not about us in the first place. <laughs> like, it's about relying upon God to bring people to worship God and trust God, like while we're trusting God. So, Amen. Good. Well,
0: folks, write in. Let us know things that uh, you'd like for us to maybe address along these lines. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week or. And this has been Grace Unfolding uh, with Jonathan Buckley and Pastor Troy Albee. Thanks for joining us.